and I'm here with the diversified gentlemen, Hakeem and Jason, and we got a special guest, Chris Jackson. What's up, bro? What's going on? What's going on, gentlemen? Welcome, to the pod. Welcome brother. Thank Man, you. Definitely Thank a pleasure you. to have you. Have a uh, you know the hottest realtor in the DMV area in uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia. For those who aren't familiar with the East Coast, and you know we're here talking talking about real estate and what it's going to look like in 2021, and the and the keys to basically acquiring you know that uh, first piece of property. So, so with that, our first question we'd like to ask is, what makes you a diversified gentleman? Ah, diversify. I think I, I heard the name for the podcast, man. I love it, man, because it, it speaks to um, it speaks to the complete person, right? And so, you know, we can be, um, you know, we can be boys and hang out, and we can talk about, you know, sports and everything else. Um, we can talk about relationships. We can talk about money investments. We can talk about real estate. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I am. I try to. I try to. I tell a lot of people that um, I'm like a career B student. I know a lot about everything, but not everything about one thing. So there you go. I, I, kind, of, I kind of speak to that diversification now. Jack of all trades. Right. And so give everybody a little bit of background on who you are. Who, who's Chris Jackson? What, what do you get into? Yeah, so um born and raised here in the DMV. Um, spent my time throughout the DMV in terms of um, DC, uh, PG, um, Montgomery County. Um, I've worked in, you know, uh, when I got first got started in the appraisals, uh, I was working in Montgomery County, uh, Virginia, um, kind of deep Virginia, like Loudoun County, that type of thing, like deep Northern Virginia. Um, so I'm really, I have a really unique perspective about this whole area um, because of that background. Um, I graduated from probably the best high school in the country, the Matthew Catholic High School. Um, Chase Young, one of the skins, he's, you know, graduated out. We got, a, we got a bunch of us in the league all over the place. So I'm pr always proud to represent my uh, my high school. I was kind of like a fraternity that we got. So I um, didn't pledge or anything like that in college, but that's kind of like our, our frat. Um, so proud father of two. Um, and real estate is my world. So... In a nutshell, that's me. Yeah. Nice. So, how did what is your journey in real estate? How did you get into it? How did I get into it? So, coming out of the math, um, had a had a buddy of mine whose uh, whose dad was a real estate broker, and uh, his dad was always telling us, you know, buy real estate, buy real estate, buy real estate. We're nineteen years old, twenty years old. We're not thinking about that, you know, what a 19, 20 year olds thinking mm -hmm. about, right? <laughs> not that, right? And like, right. some of the same, most of us. Women in clothes, yeah. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, I don't know, I remember one time he just came up to me with a with a hard deal on paper and was like, you know, um, hey, you wanna buy this house? You know, I can help you get the loan and everything and I'll walk you through the whole process. Um, we already have somebody renting it out. Um, so I said, okay. You know, I said, how much money I got to put up? He said, I'll take care of it. You know, he, he like fronted the whole deal. He basically needed somebody on paper, right? So he used me for that, which is fine. Because I would say three or four months later, he called me and was like, hey, um, do you want to sell it? You know, you're interested in selling it. We got somebody that's offering like $40,000 more for the house. And when you bought it for, I said, okay, you know, what else? Again, I'm like 20, this point, I think I'm 23 years old at that point. And so... 
I don't know anything about real estate at this point. I just know that I'm about to just make a big chunk of money. So I said, yeah, let's go. So I did that. Um, got me a nice little check, probably sitting around 20,000 for my first, my first check. And at that point I said, you know, I want to be in real estate. I want to try to take this thing um, seriously and actually learn what just happened. Cause I actually don't know what, what I just did, you know, at that point. So I took the money and I uh, went to the mall. Right, yeah. spent, you know, <laughs> got some Timberlands. That's actually what I got. Oh, some, <laughs> I got some pressed butters. That's what I did. My first check. Went and bought a, bought an Avrex. Bought a, you know, just went crazy with it, right? Yeah. So that money was we bought us a couple bottles and all that stuff. So that money was gone no time. But we had um, but we had got into me and my buddy, we had started flipping houses out here. So I'm still in college. Um, we started flipping houses. And then uh, we started this company called Old House Investors. And then we went to, um, after I graduated college, it took me a while to graduate because I was, you know, goofing off. And, you know, I was on a seven-year gold bachelor's plan, you know. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but, uh, but I figured that out, um, got, my, got my degree. And then after that, we moved to Tampa, Florida, right? So we moved down to Tampa and we were doing some investing down there. We were flipping houses left and right. And uh, one day we're selling houses and people calling us about showings and everything. And then that following Monday, phone stopped ringing. And we didn't know what happened, right? There's no, there's no Instagram that we following, no Facebook to tell us what we were doing. It was like, what's going on? So we turned on the news and figured out the, the housing market just crashed. And, you know, Florida, Tampa, uh, Vegas, LA, you know, California, some of the hardest hits market. And Tampa was especially hard hit because there's really no uh, economic base holding um, holding that down. As strong as I'm used to, at least in the DMV, right? Here we got the government, we got military, all that type of stuff. But in Tampa, you don't have much going on. You know, obviously you got some bases down there and that type of thing. But it's like Orlando, you got Disney, but what do we got in Tampa? You know, what's holding us together? So it's, it was really slow down there for me. Um, and then when the market crashed, it was like, man, what am I about to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. So moved back home and uh, figured I wanted to be in real estate, but I didn't want the risk that came with flipping as a career, right? And so I remember this appraiser that walked into my property, uh, one of my properties, and he walked in for 10, 15 minutes. I gave him a $400 check. And I was like, man, I need to <laughs> Easy. I need to be doing yeah. right? that So I just came home and just started taking the classes in my local community college. And um, by the grace of God, I was able to find a mentor because that's a really hard uh, field to break into. So uh -huh. I, was able to, I was able to find a mentor. Uh, he was actually a son-in-law of an old boss of mine who had just opened up shop. And uh, kind of the rest is history, man. I had to, you know, I actually did about four years of training. You're only supposed to do two. I did four because he actually didn't have the correct license to train me. So I did two years and I couldn't get credit for none of those hours. Now he paid me, he paid me, he paid me handsomely. So I wasn't really, you know, I couldn't complain too much from that standpoint. But, um, but I had to start from scratch on the training standpoint, but it made me a better uh, real estate professional overall, you know, because, because of that time. So uh, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. A lot I hear you saying, man, uh, you got opportunities, but you, made decisions, you took action on these things. So the question I have is, you know, from your first deal to the ones you have now, what was that driving factor that made you to lead to that person that makes decisions and goes forward? You know, if somebody knew there's that fear of the unknown, right. 
It's not like you never. It's not like you never had that fear. I know somebody had some kind of fear, but for you, what do you think led to that? We nah, we. I think we are. I mean, I'm human, right? Of course, I had that fear. It just kind of just pushing through it, right? And um, it's funny because a couple things, but uh, me and my boy we used to have this. We used to have this little phrase that we used to run with. It was called FTS. So you know, you can fill it in. But yeah. <laughs> But but we, what it is. <laughs> yeah, and that's just what we did. That's just how we rolled with it, you know? And just kind of like, um, what's the worst that can happen type of thing? You know what I mean? Like, let's just go in and go for it. Uh, one, one, I, there, there was a moment, a couple moments, um, but one moment, um, I'm saying 2004, man, I actually had gotten, uh, it was New Year's, New Year's Day night. And I actually got robbed, right? My five dudes had a um, sawed off on my back of my neck and all that stuff. And I remember how how calm I was in that space, and how um, how nervous they were, and everything like that. But at the same time, I realized, like, yo, I'm completely out of control, right? Like, I have no control in the situation. That was the worst feeling ever. So um, we got past that. It was like. That kid was, I mean, his voice was just shaking. Like 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid, something like that. His voice was just shaking. So one, like, trigger, you know, one fall. Yeah, one happy trigger finger. That's it. Yeah. Right, I'm not here. And so I'm just like, what What am I scared of? You know what I mean? Like, what do I have to be scared of at this point? Yeah. Like, I'm on, like, you know, it was a point. At that point, I felt like I was on borrowed time. You know, this is actually happened right after, right after that, um, that flip, that first flip of mine. Oh wow! And so that's kind of what just made me go and just like you know what, you know, let's just go, let's just go do this thing, you know. So yeah. that was one of, them. and then and then I also, um, the previous job that I had, I used to work at this uh, school uniform company, and the owner uh, was probably like five years older than me, multi million dollar company, and um, just seeing him grind and, and him showing me um, how he ran the business and taking me on his sales calls and that type of thing. Just kind of gave me the confidence, like, oh, if he could do it, I could do it, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Regardless of where he came from, you know, he came from a more privileged background, but but it still was like, you know, I can overcome whatever obstacles I need to do exactly what he's doing. So, and just being an entrepreneur, so he's still a mentor of mine to this day. Nice. Hmm. What excites you about uh, real estate nowadays? That I, <clears throat> I, I just love it, man. Like. I'm I, for me personally, I feel blessed to be able to get up every day and do what I love. Right. Um, for me, me personally, in terms of real estate, I love, um, I love helping people that don't understand real estate period at all. Right. And don't understand how to buy a house. Don't understand how to invest in one. Don't understand the different avenues that are available for them to do those things. Um, so taking somebody from point a, um, of not knowing anything, to uh to point b where they're homeowners um that's for me that's the most fulfilling part of it you know and that's what that's what kind of keeps me um dry and just being able to be a problem solver in general you know sometimes people come to you and you know grandma died and now they grief stricken but they got this business that they that they still need to take care of and part of that is um you know taking care of those you know taking care of the business of the house you know and i'm here to help with that stuff you know so every situation gotta be totally different like not every purchase or every sales gotta be just like what the heck everything (laughs) is unique because you're dealing with you're dealing with different personalities different situations different backgrounds 
You know what I mean? Um, people just have different requirements in general. And, and this is a, especially when you talk about real estate from a retail side, right? Not the investment side, but from the retail side, it's a very personal um, experience for them. You know, they're going through, they're looking at with their family, they're trying to figure out, you know, what their family's going to look like in five years. Um, they're going through divorces, whatever it might be, right? And for me, this is my business, but I have to also be able to acknowledge that personal side from them, you know, yeah. and, and be able to kind of meet them where they are um, so that, you know, I can help them because I can't, I can't help them if I don't understand where they're coming from, you know, if I can't empathize with them, so. So 2020 has been crazy and obviously it's, it's, it's come with this fair share of uh, hardships. Um, how did you maneuver 2020 to your benefit? Oh man, 2020, hmm. it's been a, it, it, yeah, roller coaster of a year for sure. Um, yeah. my busiest year, uh, period in real estate on both businesses wow. in the appraisal hmm. side and on the sales side. Um, on the appraisal side was got a little tricky at first because when the pandemic first hit, um, when the pandemic first hit, how can I do these inspections, right? Everything's shut down. We don't know what COVID really looks like, how terrible it actually is. You know, we're looking at Italy, um, going through what they were going through. We just think doomsday's coming, right? Mm. And so with me, my job, right? you know, with my business and appraisal, the appraisal, but I have to go inside of everybody's home. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to do that safely? Right. Exactly. So to start with, um, Fannie and Fannie and Freddie came out with a regulation that allowed us to do like drive-by appraisals, right. Where you don't have to actually go in, but I wanted to still be able to provide accurate results. So I was doing the quote unquote drive-by appraisal, but I would have the owners FaceTime me. And we'd walk through the house via FaceTime and do a lot of digital inspections and that type of thing. And I could take my own pictures and all that stuff. So it would be a drive-by appraisal. But if you look at the report, you'd think I was in the house, right? And wow. I was able to get all the same information that I would um, that way. So it's kind of outside-the-box thinking um, as trying to do that. On the sales side, you realize it didn't really bother me because it was just like you just got to identify the market that you're in and then figure out what role you need to play in that space. I'm a real estate professional. I'm not a buyer's agent. I'm not a listing agent. You know, I don't have one role. I'm a real estate professional. So everybody, people need rules over their heads at all times. Recession, not recession, pandemic, no pandemic. People need to pay for the roof over top of their head, one way or the other. My job to figure out how I can help them. And Mm. that's how I make my living based based off of that. So it's not based off of, how bad the market is, how good the market is. I'm going to be here through all these markets, up and down, you know, around, you know, um, because there's, again, there's a need um, for housing at all times. Yeah, just learn how to adapt in any environment, basically. Got to. Got to. It's all mindset. You know, it's all about having, for me, it's having an abundance mindset, Um, being being, uh, helpful to others in the industry, understanding that there's enough for everybody out here and I don't need to hold back on quote unquote secrets or anything like that to, to, for me to be successful. Um, yeah. And just, and just, just having an attitude of gratitude, you know, just being gracious for the things that I do have. Already. And it probably helps out your, your career to help somebody else out because they get your name. They know you helped them out. Yep. You share that love. Exactly. One thing's important. People don't realize that. Yeah. The capitalistic world is competition, but yep. 
like you said, you can help somebody else out. That's going to help you helping yourself by doing it also. Yep. Right? Spreading important. that knowledge, spreading that information, help somebody else out. Absolutely. That, that's important to know. Absolutely. Yeah. So for us, a young kid look, looking at this interview and they, or they said, you know, I want to be a realtor. I want to be an appraiser. I want to be a flipper or an investor. Right. What would you tell them? Educate yourself, man. Figure out what all, what all the different roles look like and then figure out what you want to do the most. You know, realtor is going to be more of a, of a people business, right? You're going to need to connect with people um, more so. An appraiser, you don't need to really connect with folks like that. It's you meet these people for 15 minutes and, and then you're back diving into the numbers. If you're an right. introvert, be an appraiser. Introvert, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty introvert. much. I don't and like honestly, people. Honestly, that's, why I, that's, that's one of the big reasons why I became a realtor because I'm not an introvert. Right. Yeah, right. I like to connect with folks. And you get out into these houses and you meet these people and I end up talking to these people for 30, 40 minutes. And I leave and I'm like, dang, I ain't got nothing else to, you know, to sell them. I got nothing else to connect with them by, you know, I was just there appraising for 20 minutes, right. you know? And so, um, yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would go in and look, you know, wholesaling it's, it's a hustle, you know, if you're a hustler, you know, um, wholesaling is a, is a good, you know, avenue for you. It's a lot of calls, a lot of no's. Mm -hmm. What's selling exactly? A wholesale, wholesaling is when you go out and you find a deal, basically you flip the contract, right? So you, um, you, you, you find, you know, somebody's willing to sell the house for a hundred thousand dollars and you got a list of investors that you know will pay $140,000 for that same house, you know, and without you putting up any dollars or anything like that, you basically flipped, assigned the contract so that the, uh, so that the investor can go in and buy that 140, you give your seller the hundred and you take the difference. Gotcha. When it comes to wholesaling, I, I read a lot online. It's a lot of work though, right? I mean, you're doing a lot of, a lot of footwork, a lot of movement. So basically you're trading a lot of, a lot of time for dollars. Would you say that's fair with wholesaling? It is fair, and 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 my and I probably have an unpopular opinion about it. I just think that you just all you're doing is just being a realtor. That's what realtors right. do. the most yeah. successful realtors make all those calls, and they make all, they do all those mailers and everything like that. And if you attack uh, being a realtor with that same energy, oh, you'd be a multi-million dollar producer easy. Because right. you go if you talk to a hundred people, right, of those leads that you found, of uh, people that may have wanted, you know, maybe you ran a Facebook ad in a funnel. And it's, you know, it's advertising for, um, you know, sell your house quickly for cash seven days or whatever, right? All these people click on it. They put in their email and all that stuff. And you get 100 leads, right? And say you close on five of those leads, right? That's, you know, that's not bad. You 5% on that, you know, whatever. Okay, fine. You close on five of those. But there's 95 people that clicked on there that still right. want to build their house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at some point they might want to sell it next year or whatever, but they still are looking to sell. And because you don't have your license, you passed up on all those other deals. Mm -hmm. you know? So what you should do is you should be a you should be a realtor with an investor mindset, right? So you should go into these go into these um go into these meetings and go into the in your appointments and say, you know, should I be buying this house first? You know, think, you know, but you know put that stuff first. Like, is this an investment opportunity for me? If it's not, then, you know, you can go the realtor route, but if it is present to them, the, the opportunity um, that you can present them of buying their home right now. And if they don't like it, then you go on to the, to the next the sales route. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. You have different, you have more, you know, you have multiple avenues to help these people. At the end of the day, that's what you're doing. You're looking for a solution, but some people really just want to sell it right now. They don't want to have anything to do with the house. They want it to be done in the next two weeks. Well, if you can offer them that service, then you need to do that. Exactly. 
So you mentioned like, you know, um, to that 17, 18 year old, even 25 year old, they should research it. What's the best way to like research that field? Would you kind of reach out to a um, real estate professional and ask to shadow them, be their mentor? Do you go online? Where do you start? So your networking is a big, big piece, right? So if you want to get involved with like investors and you're thinking about wholesaling or you're just thinking about flipping or being a landlord or whatever, there's a, there's a ton of uh, meetups online that you can find um, with real estate investor groups. And that's kind of how, I, you know, I, I got connected with a lot of the investment group in this area, which is going to those meetups um, to start with. Like on Facebook or what are you? They're on Facebook. There's actually meetup.com is where I used to do a lot of stuff. Actually, like actual meetups now because of COVID. I'm sure they're all virtual, obviously, but they're still, okay. having, those, they're still having those meetups. Um, so, yeah, I mean, now, recently, Clubhouse is a good one, too, you know, if you're mm. on there. Um, but, yeah, just, just getting in the same room with these people, man. Having the conversations, putting your hand out there, introducing yourself, telling them what you're looking to do. And um, everybody's real estate journey is different everybody's you know journey is different you know because just like there's no two deals the same there's no two careers it's the same you know it's a very unique uh industry where there's no one path to get in any kind of door most people you know you would you would think that you know you would start off as um you start off as an agent then you start investing maybe you venture out into another field like appraisals and me i started out investing kind of learned the hard way you know then i got into appraisals right which is you know a really tough and technical um you know career field within this industry and then i got into being an agent you know um so i kind of did it you know a little reverse engineered it a little bit but um everybody's everybody's path is is different man just get in the same room with people listen to the conversations you know uh, figure out what needs are out here in the market and how you how you fit in you know everybody's yeah, we had Julius on a couple weeks ago. He said something like that. He said, uh, you find yourself in a room with people that are smarter than you, just shut up. Yep. Just, just listen. And listen. It That's makes it. so much sense, man. It makes too uh, much sense. Uh, yeah, you get in there and you try to prove that you know this much and know that much. And right. you really need to be listening, you know, taking it all in, figuring out where you fit in. Um, so I, personally, I know a lot of individuals that they strive to be real estate um agents mm -hmm. do you advise that if you go into that space as a career maybe you should try to dabble in all fields or like hey if you know what you want go for it like what would you what kind of advice would you give yeah i wouldn't advise for everybody to put their hands in a whole bunch of different buckets in terms of a from a career perspective mm -hmm. um definitely master something first before you move on right so i didn't want to tell i had the appraisal business kind of, you know, like lockdown, lockdown, yeah. got mm -hmm. 10 employees on that side. Um, you know, they holding, they holding things down over there, you know, so got it. They, they keep the shit rolling. Um, so as far as an agent goes, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Some, some people, um, it's like, you know, 10% of the agents make 90% of the money. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, that's and that's a, yeah that's a, that's, a that's crazy. Thing. That's worse than yeah. eighty twenty. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you gotta understand it's a it's an up and down you know business. I've I've had months this year where I had seven closings, and then I had other months where I didn't close anything. Right, and that's just gonna have, how it's gonna have to be. Managing your money is gonna be an important thing for you to do um, when you're an agent. 
because uh, when you get that $40,000 a month, you know, you might want to make sure, because you, you spent all that energy making that 40000 if you haven't leveraged your business correctly. You spent all your energy and time making that 40000 and you haven't planned for the next couple months after those things close. So now you got to revamp your business back up, and now you're going to have another two months before you can get another closing. But um, if you leverage your business correctly, then it's just going to be, you know, it's going to keep going. It's going to be a machine, you know, at that point. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, so, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of mindset work. This is as with any sales gig, really, you know, it's a, it's a lot, it's, it's always what's in between your ears is what's going to get you. Yeah. It's going to get you going, man. Um, that, that mindset in this business is everything because you, you really have to be able to take the hits and keep on moving, you know? All right. That 10% though. How do you, how do you become that 10% though? I mean, if you're a real yeah. realtor game, how do you yeah. become that 10, that 10% of making that 90% of the stuff? Yeah. Focus on the, look, the books are out there, man. The, the blueprints are out there. You know, there's right. the MREA is the million uh, millionaire real estate agent. Right. Um, this is one thing by Gary, by, uh, by Gary Keller is another book. Um, and people read it's, it. The, the blueprint is out there for you to do that. You know, you just gotta be disciplined. You gotta be self-disciplined enough to do it and to put yourself in the position to have those conversations. You know, so I you think you can't do that sitting back home playing Madden all day. That's not gonna work. <laughs> not gonna work. Not at all. Yeah, be <laughs> online on Madden ain't gonna do it. Not gonna happen. <laughs> it work. And just trying to, just trying to. You know, think your leads to come in. Nah, it don't. It don't work like that. You know, you you got to get out. You got to have conversations. You got to be um, expose yourself. You got to post. You know, on social media. It's easy now, though, right? Everybody's online. You know, you just you know put just put just put your stuff out there so people know what you do. You're not trying to sell anybody on anything right now. Just let people know what you do, and then when the time comes for them, they'll come to you. You know, like I said, everybody needs a roof over their head. So as right. long as everybody knows that you're in that business then you'll be fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had an old guy tell me a long time ago, he said, whatever you do, we're profession, tell everybody about it. Because you never right. know who's going to be like, hey, I know a guy who does this, yep. this for a living. Exactly. Yep. Be proud of it, tell everybody about it. Yep. You're not bragging, Every, you're having a conversation. Everybody knows a guy. Yep. yep. Everybody yep. knows a guy. No, nope, that's it. Yeah, no, market yourself. And then come from a place of contribution, like make sure you have something of value to offer these people. Somebody might not, be ready to sell their house, but they might need a plumber. Make sure you got a list of plumbers on your team, you know? Um, you know, they might need a roofer or whatever. You know, they might need to refinance their loan because their rate's sitting at 5% and they, need, they know rates are sitting at 2.2% right now, right? And so now you need to send them over to your lender. You know, be that guy, you know, to kind of help. You're not asking for anything else out in return, you know? You're helping people out. That's your, that's your whole job. That's how I look at it. I don't look at it from a numbers perspective. Like, I need to go hit this. And I know a lot of people do, and I might, I might be flawed in my thinking from a career perspective, but I, I genuinely enjoy doing this. And I don't, and I, don't, I think if I got to a point where I'm like, okay, third quarter, I need to make sure I get 25 sales and, you know, and people just be, start becoming numbers. I think I'll start losing some of the passion for it. You know what I mean? So I, I like doing it the way I do it now. Um, you know, and, and, and I do pretty well, you know, I'm yeah. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not yeah, I'm not complaining about it. Right. Yeah, I think that was a good point that you made in, in regards to being genuine. Um, I, I feel that, and this is just my own personal experiences, when, when you meet professionals that are just about the dollar or the number, whatever that number is, it's not a genuine care. And you can tell. 
right. you can tell mm-hmm. when someone genuinely likes their job and genuinely genuinely likes to help people versus right. someone just let me just get you through because I know I'm going to get this commission. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to be in a space like that, especially when, again, reverting back to what I said, this is such a personal experience for you. And then you have someone coming in who obviously it's not a personal experience for them, but at least at least don't make them feel like that. You know what I mean? At least at least make them think that you can empathize with them a little bit and that you're here with them trying to walk them through this, you know, this experience with them and that you're not that they're not just, you know, closing number 10 for the month, you know? If you look in your uh, real estate crystal ball, where do you see uh, the future of real estate in like five, 10, 15 years? Oh man. Um, I mean, common sense, I think everybody, you know, the, at least in the, in the metropolitan markets and across the country, you know, houses have been increasing significantly um, since, since the pandemic and just like the stock market is like anything else what goes up must come down right Right. at some point so there's definitely a correction that's coming um the level of which that correction looks like i have no idea i have i got you know i've heard reports that um you know that the forbearance you know protections are about to come up and you know we're about to see an influx of foreclosures but i've also seen reports where those mortgages that were in forbearance are now back caught up again Right. So they're not they wouldn't be in foreclosure. Um, you know, they wouldn't be going into foreclosure once the protections are let up because they already paid it back, you know, because people are in a more um stable position. Uh the 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 low rates means that a lot of people are refinancing, so they may have been able to skip some payments, you know, by refinancing, getting their payments lower to get it to where it's more affordable for them to pay it. Um, you know, and I, I at least know here in the DMV, um, People weren't going into the office, but people were working, right? Mm-hmm. Working from home, that type of thing, you know. Uh, obviously, with some, you know, obviously people got laid off, which is unfortunate. But um, again, we're a pretty stable um, environment here, you know, economically, you know, because of because of the government and the opportunities we have here. So um, I don't know if it's gonna be. I don't know if it's gonna be that that much of a fall. It's definitely a correction coming, but I don't know if it's gonna be doomsday like they're talking about in two thousand eight. The um, the difference between now and two thousand eight. Two thousand eight was was brought on by the mortgage industry, mm-hmm. right? The mortgage industry caused that mess, right? And so naturally, that's what you know. It, it that was the biggest dive we've ever had, right? In you know, in real estate, um, from what I understand, real estate history, at least over the last hundred years. So real estate goes in cycles. They teach us in school that um you got like 60 year cycles, you know, where they go from like a new construct, like a neighborhood has like 60 year cycles where a neighborhood will go from like new construction, <clears throat> go to a period of uh, increase in a period of stability. Um, and then it'll start to de- decline the neighborhood and then gentrification will happen. And then, there, and then, and gentrification, not in the standpoint of different classes or races coming in, but just the neighborhood in general revitalizing itself. What naturally what happens is a different class or race might come in at that point. But the, the word itself is 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 referencing the neighborhood coming back to life basically. Yeah, let's talk about gentrification because you know it gets a negative um, you know it gets a um an, it's seen as a negative connotation. Yeah definitely negative connotation but it's one of those deals where um like you said, I think the 
it's, it's such a uh, common term thrown in in a negative light that people in the neighborhood could actually do it themselves, right? So um, I, 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 I heard some real estate professionals talking about, you know, all those people who get educated, start making money and basically try to run away from the hood as fast as they can in the suburbs. If they took that money, reinvested it in their neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? And do that one block at a time, you, you wouldn't have any basically complaints about it because you you taking ownership of where you grew up but everyone um and, and we're all from that culture you you make it and you try to 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 hood, get in that 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 picket fence and because that's a um a badge of honor to let people know you know you made it alone with that um that car or whatever right but yeah if you if you link up with with those who are making it and, and uh like-minded you can easily do that yourself. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's it, it's like, it's come down to community mindset, you know, and for us to be able to try to have these conversations and shift that mindset. But yeah, you're right though. If everybody had that mindset, we could gentrify the neighborhood ourselves and it wouldn't mm -hmm. be anybody else coming in doing that thing, you know? Mm -hmm. But we have to value that property, you know, enough. And, exactly. and understand the value of home ownership to start with. A lot of times we don't even own the homes that you, that, you know, that we claiming and we throwing up sets and all this stuff. We don't even own the land we own. Right. You know? If you could do it again, what would you tell your 25 year old self when entering the market? What's, what's some stuff you, that you doing now that you wish you would have known back then? Uh, me personally, um, I was, I was, I was brought into the business flipping and 25 year old self, I'm holding on to every one of those properties. Mm. Holding on to every one you of got them. Got it. I hear you on that one. Yeah, no. On to every one of those properties. Yeah. I mean, I'm not working right so now. True. All the properties I done came across, I'm not working right now. I'm literally living yeah. off of those right now. You know, yeah. I had a property on um, Tennessee Avenue, Capitol Hill, right? It was a four story. Uh, Victorian row house, right? And me and my boy had it on the contract for one, one seventy. I remember we had it on the contract for one seventy. It was a gut, needed a full renovation and everything like that. This is DC, right? So Capitol Hill, DC. Um, it probably like two thousand eight or two thousand nine, right? So the whole country is tanking, but DC is doing this, right? Mm. You got this this deal across and I'm just getting into appraising at that point, maybe a couple of days before closing, I'm looking at the numbers and I'm like, man, these comps, man, I don't know. Da, 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 da. So I tell my guy, I said, man, what do you think, man? I think we should go back at them and, 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 and tell them we're going to buy it at 165 and that 170. Mm. Yeah, let's do that. You know, that's still higher than the, than the, than the highest comp. The highest comp was like 162, 163. So we were overpaying a little bit, you know, at the time overpaying, right? Right. But um he basically was like, man, forget y'all. And sold it to somebody for 172. And that house right now probably worth 1.3, 1.4 million. <laughs> <laughs> like, legit. <laughs> and so it's just that small-minded thinking, you know? Like it's so small-minded. And uh, honestly, we weren't thinking about holding it, right? We were thinking about just going in there 
putting in fifty thousand, putting in a hundred thousand, and flipping it back out at three fifty, four hundred thousand, whatever. Mm. And again, that's small minded thinking, right? Because then you'd had a four hundred thousand dollar renovated house on Capitol Hill that's not worth a million dollars worth more. You had a million dollars in that. And that in, in, in that area, they not building. There ain't no new construction. That's old money. That's that's yeah. That's old. Yeah. Like it's so mm-hmm. congested. Yep. Yeah, man, everybody wants to live there. Like, yeah, all them politicians, all them interns. You That's crazy. Not, and they, they get paid well, right? So you would yeah. Never yeah. not have a renter that has that stream of income. That's but see, the thing is, it's like, that's, that's a common sense thing. And it's now, it's like hindsight's twenty twenty. But growing up in the city, growing up in the area, it's like, you know, you go over there, you know, 10 years prior to that, right? And you don't want to walk down that street, mm-hmm. right? You know, 80s, 90s, VC wasn't nothing pretty, right? And, uh, and you know, I grew up over there, but naturally speaking, I mean, it's the, the nation's capital, right? And it's coming back. It's just, you, you know, if you knew it, if you were experienced in real estate, you would know that it's going, it's going to come back, you know, regardless of federal government's here. I didn't know that at that point, you know? Um, you know, so something that I learned on the fly, like, you know, real estate happens in cycles, you know? Yeah. Um, so it goes ups and downs, those ebbs and flows and that type of thing. So. Yeah. Hakeem and Jason. So what would you uh, tell you your, your 20, 25 year old self about real estate stuff you wish you would have done back then that would have been paying dividends now? For me, it would have been buying property in every base I got stationed at because I was overseas for about six years, stationed in Cali. I was out there during the 28, um, 2008 drop, um, but young and dumb, I wasn't even thinking about real estate at that time. Like I knew I wanted to own a home, but I was like, man, I'm too young to own a home. You know what I mean? Like, George, the move George releasing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, I need these 11s, bruh. But uh, <laughs> um, for sure, I, I look back now and I'm like, man, I. And I wish I would have bought property in every spot. And I had friends that was doing it. Like, you know, a couple of friends I had in Germany. One guy, he um, bought a condo downtown K-Town. And that's where he stayed. You know, and I'm renting from a German guy paying him, you know, almost 1800 a month. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, man, it, it's, if I, if I could, I, I would definitely buy property in each, each country I was in. Yeah, same thing. Nothing, nothing new. Buy when you're young, house hack, out about a duplex, lived in one side, rented the other. I did the math on it one day. I don't know why I did it. How I many I would have had to right now? I'm fine now, but just to imagine every time oh, you, you was younger, you got a duplex, oh, lived in one side, flip it. And every year, every year, oh, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing, man. Yeah. Just buy early and yeah. don't, like, never sell, like Reese said. Never, ever sell. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, echo everything everyone said. Um, look at uh, you know, first time home buyer, um, that incentive, that uh, entitlement that you you have. I think one thing, if say if you're a couple and you're thinking about getting married, I would recommend you know you guys using that entitlement while you're single because I believe when you get married, right, it becomes one. Yeah. Yeah. So I mm. I would say you know. As a couple, you know, if you're young and not married, you guys both get a property 
get married, live in one, and then rent one out just to get in that landlord business. And again, um, huge write-offs um, and just that feeling of, you know, if you do it right, that you have uh, that passive income coming in. So, yeah, yeah. It's good advice. It's good advice. Chris, man, we appreciate you, dog, and we'll make sure that. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys. We'll make sure. Thank you, put brother. That, uh, your information down, so if anyone in the DMV need a good realtor, and I know you're pretty connected uh, throughout the country, so if anyone needs a realtor, period. Um, I know I'm, I'm looking at some stuff in Tampa, and you sent me a connect. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. He, he's yep. great. He's been great. So uh, we'll definitely oh, put your information out there, so people can reach out to you. Will do. Sounds good. That work. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. All right, everyone. So make sure you subscribe and like this episode. We appreciate it. We out. <laughs>